Welcome to The Bible Says. I'm your host, Aaron Rayleigh. On this podcast, we explore the Word of God and what it means for our lives. I believe the Word of God, through the people of God, does the work of God. It has the ability to transform everyday lives and bring about the next great revival in the world today. Let's jump in. This podcast is formerly known as Grace in Review. The reason we changed the name is because we want to speak more about the truth in the Word of God for what it says in context. We want to make it relevant to people today. So we changed the name. In a couple of these episodes, you might have heard me refer to it as Grace Interview. But that's just to clarify, we've changed the name and we're excited for the future. So the first thing I want to talk about in prayer is we need to start with what does the Bible say about prayer for us? So in Matthew 6, uh, verses 9 through 13, Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, saying, Our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What a beautiful picture of how we can relate and communicate with our Heavenly Father. From this example, there are four things I want to say about prayer for you to keep in mind as uh, you go into your quiet time with the Lord or throughout the day just communicating with the Father. The first one is to celebrate. When Jesus taught us to pray, he used the word hallowed or holy. It just means holy, hallowed. This is a way we honor and celebrate the fact that God is bigger than we are and therefore he's capable of saving us. There are three other verses uh, from scripture that talk about celebrating God. The first one is, uh, is Psalm 136, 4. It says, To him alone does great wonders. For, excuse me. It says, for, To him who alone does great wonders, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Psalm 108, 4. For your loving kindness is great above the heavens, and your truth reaches to the skies. And finally, in Psalm 77, verse 14, Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. So we can see that in Scripture, celebrating God for being God is vital for the beginning of our prayer life because it positions us to know who He is so we can realign our souls to know who we're talking to. You know, if you just start a conversation with your dad or your a sibling, maybe a coworker, you don't necessarily come up and say, Father, the man who raised me and paid for my education all the way through 18 years old. You don't go up to your coworker and say, ye fellow coworker that I work alongside. You don't, you don't do that. Why? Because it's awkward socially. But practically speaking, you know who they are. You have the relationship with them and you can casually come up to them. Now, if you go to your boss, proper professionalism would say you knock on the door first, get his attention, and then say, excuse me, sir or ma'am, can I have a moment of your time? Well, why do we do that? Well, we want to not, we're not telling them that they are the boss. We're just letting them know that we recognize our place of humility saying, you 
are in charge here. So with the Lord, when we pray, we want to remember that He's God. He's not just intimate and close, God with us, Emmanuel. He's not just God with us, but He's holy. We can't forget that. But So we want to celebrate the fact that He's God. We enter His presence with joy and with gladness and with sincerity and understanding that He loves us, He cares for us, but He's holy and He's righteous. The second thing is anticipation. So the first thing is celebration. Second thing is anticipation. Rather than praying for the details of our day to go according to our plan, Jesus teaches us to look forward to God's will being done. Because so, our, our vision of the future is not always the same as the Lord's, right? So when we pray, we need to ask that the Lord does the thing that He believes is the best fix to our situations. You know, a lot of times when we pray, we anticipate God to do our will. We'll finish a prayer saying, your will be done in Jesus' name. But really what we're asking is my will be done in your name. It's juxtaposing the position of our prayer with him. We have to anticipate that God has a better solution than we have. Proverbs 35 says, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. He's not a shield to those who go before him. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. Why? Because he goes before us. He has the plan in place. Another verse is Isaiah 55 verse 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's the Lord speaking to us. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. He goes before us. So we can anticipate that the best is yet to come because we've met and now know the one who is to come. God is working in this world in ways we can't understand. And his plans for eternity, his kingdom come, are better than anything we could imagine. Remembering that truth is what allows us as Christians to have hope in all circumstances. Because we don't, we don't just anticipate that God's going to do something good, though he does. We anticipate he's going to do something better than what we could ever think of. That's what makes him God. He sees beyond our circumstance. In fact, he's there already waiting to pull us in. So the first thing is to celebrate. Second thing is anticipate. The third thing is ask. So while, while in Jesus' example of prayer, he showed us to ask the Lord for daily provisions. The Lord can handle big prayers too. Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11, it's kind of a large chunk of scripture, so hang in there with me, says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. For which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will he give a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, you'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Again, in Matthew 21, verse 22, and all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. God is a giving God. He says, ask me and I'll give to you. Seek me out and you'll find me. Knock on the door and I'll open it. Just come after it with all you have. So when we're praying, we're not just celebrating God is God and we're not. We're not just anticipating God to do great things. But we know because he's God, because we can anticipate, we have the freedom and boldness to ask him for things that we need. He's saying to us, he's inviting us into a relationship where he is the provider and we're not. 
John 14, verse 13 through 14 says, Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We carry the confidence that the Lord will answer our prayers when we ask them in Jesus' name. Because Jesus' name, that's our identity, right? So why do we say, in, the, in Jesus' name, amen? Why do we say that? Why do we add the little tagline on the end of every prayer? It's not some kind of magic phrase that kind of encapsulates everything we believe into a solid prayer that will actually make it to the heavens. No, no, no. When we say, in Jesus' name, when we're asking in Jesus' name, that's what he says, if you ask in my name, I will do it. So why do we ask in Jesus' name? Well, we're identifying with who we are in Christ. Now, if I, if I go to my father or my coworker or a sibling, you know, I go to somebody and I ask them something. So if I, I go to my coworker and say, hey, can I borrow some staples? The thing that they're not, they're not going to do is say, well, they might say no, but chances are they say, yeah, sure, you can have a couple of staples. You got to staple some papers, whatever, just bring a stapler back. They'll keep my stapler. I need my stapler later. You know, you, you, don't, you go to your sibling or a parent or something, you ask them for something. They're going to give you what you're asking for. But what you do with God, just like you begin the prayer saying, Holy Father, you're recognizing He's holy. You're recognizing He's sovereign. He is God and I'm not. And you're humbling yourself before Him. When you come up in Jesus' name, you're saying, by the power of of the God that conquered death and promised life, I'm asking these things for your glory, not for my own. How, I mean, how dare we, just a side thought, how dare we come before the God of the universe and ask for selfish prayers? And what I mean by selfish prayer is not, God, will you provide for me? That's not selfish. He, he's the provider. But asking, God, will you give me a Ferrari for Christmas in Jesus' name? That, that doesn't make sense. How is that going to glorify God? How is it? So, so when you're praying and you're asking, you're asking in the name of Jesus because you're identifying with yourself, you're identifying yourself as his adopted child in need of a father who loves and can provide. So the first thing again is to celebrate, then anticipate, and then ask. And the fourth part of an effective prayer is declare. Scripture says that we have the authority of Christ living and dwelling within us because of the cross. So we have the ability to send forth the word of God and see freedom and healing in Jesus' name. When you're praying for people, keep in mind that you can speak the truth over a situation and it'll come to pass. Now, I, oftentimes when I talk about declaration or declarative prayers, what I get, I get in response is, Oh, you're just you're you're talking about name it and claim it. So just just declare something into the atmosphere and suddenly it'll happen. I'm absolutely not saying that. I don't see in scripture how that has ever been effective or is within the character of God to just respond as if we're talking to the universe. But what we can do is understanding that you're a child of God, being adopted into his family. You have authority. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. And again in John 14, verse 13 through 14, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. 
And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that my Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We just went over that verse in the asking portion. So when you're declaring, Jesus is saying, you can ask for things in my name, and I will do them, because they are for my glory. Now, when you're praying for healing, when you're praying for provisions for somebody, when you're praying for the salvation of a brother or sister, you're, you're not throwing out prayers to the atmosphere as if some, uh, somehow you contain the power and authority of God Almighty. You're not God. We're not God. But declaration aligns yourself with the identity of Christ in you and you in Him. And it's acknowledging that God has given you authority over certain situations. And so, for example, if you have a spiritual gift of healing, you can see people be healed by declaring the healing over them. Now, I know I'll get a lot of pushback, and I'll get people that'll disagree, and that's fine, but just understand that you have the power to speak up with authority. We don't have to be passive Christians. There was a time where Christianity was on the offense, and now we're on the defense because we let go of our authority. And it's time we take up the arms again. Take up arms in the name of Jesus and start declaring things and praying for things and asking for things and anticipating God to do much more than we could ever accomplish. 2 Corinthians, this is how I'm going to finish. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image uh, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. When we pray, we ought to celebrate the Lord, anticipate His glory, ask for grace and provision, and declare the word of truth over our situations. Thanks again for listening. I hope this episode has blessed you. Please let me know what you think. Uh, Send comments. Send me an email. Let me know. God bless you.